your Bibles and turn them to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, while you're turning there, that is a wonderful prayer to pray right before coming to the Word of God. Lord, have your way in me. We're continuing to look this morning at the spiritual markers in our lives that we are called to grow spiritually as believers. And uh, we grow in the grace and, and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're trying to, okay, if I'm supposed to grow, how do I know I'm growing? And so we're looking at spiritual markers. And uh, we're looking th- uh, last week and today at the spiritual marker of love. Last week we said that we know we are growing if we have a greater love for Christ because as I said last week, love is the power of obedience. Love is the power of the duty of our duty. Love is the power of our service. Love is the power of our sacrifice. Love is the power of our worship. Love is the power of our fellowship. Love is everything. And we measure our love for Christ uh, by how we serve one another and uh, and and how we and by our sacrifice do do we love Jesus more than everything else in our lives and and we measure our love by our surrender are we denying ourselves daily and following him and this morning I want us to look at the second part of that spiritual marker and that is our love one for another That is, if we want to know if I'm growing spiritually, we need to look at how we love one another. So Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting, neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You may be seated. And now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And may you open our ears to the truth that you have for us, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I want you to see, as we look at the spiritual marker of love, that that our love for one another is connected to our love for Christ. Our love for one another is connected to our love for Christ. The author of Hebrews begins this section and he says, he says, let us draw near to God. Let us approach him and come near to God. Let's, let's, let us seek a close, intimate love relationship with God. Why? Because he loves us. 
Why can we have a why can we love God? Because he loved us. We have confidence. The, the author of Hebrews says to enter into this relationship because of what Christ has done for us. He has, he has made a new and living way through his flesh. That is, the veil of the curtain has been torn. That is, when Jesus Christ died, the veil of the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the world was torn. The Holy of Holies was the, was the place where God dwelled. And that curtain was torn so that we can enter in and, we, and it was torn through the death of Christ for us. The only way to have a relationship with the Father is through the Son. And not only has Jesus made that way, the author of Hebrews says that we have a great high priest over the house of God. That is, Jesus continually intercedes for us and continually prays for us, and he continually uh, says to the Father, Receive David because David believes in me. Receive Diane because Diane believes in me. So the author of Hebrews says we can draw near to God with a true heart. We can draw, draw near to him sincerely. We can draw near to him with the full assurance of our faith. That is, my faith is not in myself and how good I am. My faith is a sure confidence in the finished work of Christ on my behalf, and I can draw near to him with a clean heart. That is, I can draw near to him knowing that, that I am not condemned, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can draw near to him with washed bodies. That is, that is, I have the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in me, and so I have all that, and I can draw near to him, and I can have a relationship with God. And that would be enough. But then the author of Hebrews adds one word. He says, and. And. You have that relationship with God, but it's not all about you. It's not all about you. You have something greater. You see, your relationship with Christ is not just personal. It's corporate. He brings us into a relationship with each other so that we are one body, we are one family. Because of everything that Christ has done for me, I can draw near to him. Because, and because of that, because of everything he has done for me, I am also called to love you. And so he adds that one word. He says, and... And let us consider how we can stir up one another to love and good works, not, meet, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. So how do we love one another? We love one another by truly becoming a congregation. We use that word all the time. We're a congregation, but we really don't really think about the meaning of that word. A congregation is people who come together. 
We come together to worship and to draw near to God. And the author of Hebrews says, he says what? We must not neglect coming together. We must not neglect meeting together. And he says, you know, that's the habit of some. That's the habit of some. You know, I was doing some studying when I was preparing for this sermon, and there's different times and, uh, of, of, of things, but it basically says it takes about 10 weeks or two and a half months to make something a habit. And so to make a habit of coming together, if you'll do it for 10 weeks in a row, it'll be a habit in your life. But... It only takes about three weeks to break the habit. It takes about three weeks to break it. So that what he's saying is it's the habit of some. That, that people for about three weeks neglected meeting with the congregation. They, they neglected congregating together. They neglected coming together. And now it's their habit. Now it's their habit. Why? Because it just becomes easier to stay away. And what is sad today is how, the, how they measure church attendance. Do you realize today that, a, that the way the statisticians measure a committed church member is that they come to a church twice a month? That's committed. But you see, we must choose to congregate. We must choose to come together. Why? Listen, the author of Hebrews here says that we choose to come together. We choose to be in this relationship. We choose to congregate and come together. We choose to love one another. Not for what I can get out of it, but for what I can give. You know, that's, the, that, that, that's, the, that's what I hear more than anything else when I talk to people sometimes about why they don't attend church anymore. You know what they say? I, didn't get any, I don't really get anything out of it. I, I don't really get anything out of it. That's not the point. The point is not what you get out of it. The point is what you can give to it. So what are we to give to one another as we love one another, as we come together? Well, the author of Hebrews says two things. First, he says we are to inflame one another. He says, he says, in, he says in verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another. The, the King James says, how, let's consider how we provoke one another. I, I use the word inflame. How do we help each other to stay on fire? And notice what he says. Consider how to. Let us let us consider how to stir up one another, how to inflame one another. And, and so in order to consider that, then I have to know you. 
Because what stirs up me may not stir up David. And what inflames David may not inflame Jimmy. And, and so if I'm going to consider how to stir you up, then I have to know a little bit about you. I have to know who you are. And the only way we can do that is to spend time with one another. You hear what he's saying? He's saying, listen, it's not a good enough to focus your life on loving God and doing good works. You must focus your life on helping others love God and do good works. And of course, the implication is, is that if you need help, if you need to be stirred up, then guess what? I need to be stirred up as well. So if we are going to love one another, if we're going, if we're going to measure our love for one another, then I have to ask myself, first of all, is the aim of my life helping others to love Jesus more and to do more good things? Now, I said, I said that, you know, we each have our own individual, but there are things in general that can stir one another up to love and good works. Obviously, the first one is, is that we need to pray with and for each other. We need to be asking the Lord to give each of us a deeper love for him and a deeper love for, for his word. We need to ask the Lord to instill the same love that, that to, to, to instill the same love that we have for each other. That God would give them that. We need to pray that, that each one of our, uh, our desires align up with his and continue to pray for one another. And so I ask you a question. If you want to measure your love for one another and how you're growing, how much time do you spend praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Another way we can stir one another up is to, is to speak to other quoting Scripture. Colossians 3.16 says this. Uh, David mentioned last week. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. What is he saying? He's saying, let the word of God dwell in you so that you can share it with others. So that you can you can stir them up. You can a third thing you can do to stir one another is to share what God is doing in your own life. Sharing your testimony is one of the greatest ways to stir one another up. To study God's word together. 
When we're studying God's word together, it naturally challenges us to grow spiritually, to overcome strongholds, and to repent from sin. We hold one another up and, and accountable. It's one of the best ways we can help each other foster a deep love for the Lord. And so we provide that. We, we, we try to do Sunday school here. We try to do uh, Bible studies on Sunday evenings here. But, you know, there, there are other ways. And, and I would encourage you, if you, if you would like to, to do a Bible study with someone, I'll, I'll be happy to do one with you. And uh, if you, uh, uh, you, you want to do a Bible study with somebody, I'll help provide a Bible study for you that you can work together because it's one of the best ways we can help each other, stir one another up to love and good works. And so let me ask you a question here. It, 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 do you... How do you measure your love for one another? How much do I how much time do I spend helping others, stirring you up to love and good works? But not only that, not only are we to inflame one another, he, he says we're to encourage one another. Look at what he says. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We'll start with the end of that. As you, all the more as you see the day approaching. Why does he say that? Because it's going to get worse. Before it gets better. Paul describes it this way to Timothy. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come, become, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self. Remind you of anybody? Lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, Unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, a treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. All the more because the day is approaching. As you see this in the world, we need that encouragement all the more because you're not going to get it anyplace else. I find it interesting that the word encouragement here, encouraging here is the same word that is used for the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. That word is the same word as encouraging here. I will send you a, a paraclete. I will send someone to walk alongside you. That's what we're supposed to do for one another. We're to walk alongside each other and, and, and be encouraging to one another. Now, now, encouragement is not, hey, you got a nice haircut. That, that's, that's not the kind of encouragement that, 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 that the author here wants us to have for one another. 
the encouragement that, that we are to give is, 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 is encouragement that will lift each other up and lift our hearts towards God. It's encouragement that, that points out the evidence of God's grace in someone else's life. And lets them know that you see how God is using them. And we, I, I will tell you, we, we all suffer from doubts at times. We all suffer and, 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 and get discouraged because we doubt at times that, that you know, but what, what would it mean to you if someone came up to you and said, listen, I see God at work in your life today. I see how he's changing you. I, I see how he's using you. It's an encouragement that points people to God's promises that assures them that all they that everything that they are facing is still under his control. And the author of Hebrews says we need to do this all the more. Which means what? We all need to become better encouragers. You say, how do I do that? How do I, how do I become a better encourager today? Well, number one, pray that God would make you a better encourager. Ask him to give you a heart that loves others and ask him how you can show it. Ask him to, listen, this is the big one. Ask him to allow you to die to your own self-centeredness and give you a desire to build others up. How do I become an encourager? Pray. Here's another one. Study the life of Barnabas. The Bible calls him the son of encouragement. That was his nickname, the son of encouragement. And go through the book of Acts and, and you know, get you get you a thesaurus or get you a, a reference and look up Barnabas and everything that you can see about him and you'll find out that he was the kind of guy you wanted to have around while you were serving the Lord he wasn't just a spiritual cheerleader he was a man of great conviction who wanted to see the church flourish and did all he could to make it happen. If you study the life of Barnabas and you and you decide that that's who I want to be, let me tell you something. You will be a person that everybody will miss. And if something happens and, and you're not there, everybody's going to know it because, man, they, that's the person who gave you that just kept pushing you and giving you that encouragement all the time. Number three, make encouragement a daily discipline. And for some people, encouragement comes naturally. For others, especially of those of my persuasion who are, who are definitely an introvert, it takes a little bit of work. I know that just shocked some of you to say, oh, introvert, that's how I am. I'm an introvert. 
And so we need to put a reminder on our calendar or, 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 or on our, uh, you know, uh, just to today send a, an encouraging note, uh, send an encouraging email, send an encouraging text, or an encouraging phone call. And don't let a day go by without doing it. Make encouragement a daily discipline. And while you're doing that, pray and ask God, God, who do I need to encourage today? Use Scripture to encourage. Nothing encourages us like the promises from God's Word. I hope that every one of you have a list of Scriptures that have blessed you personally. If God blesses you with a Scripture, can I tell you one of the things He wants you to do with that? He wants you to share it with somebody else. Exactly right. Be specific in what you say. Thank God for specific evidences of grace in someone's life. Share a promise that is specific to the circumstance of that person you're encouraging. You want to be an encourager? Listen. Don't get discouraged if people don't return your encouragement. You're not doing it to get it back. You're doing it to be obedient. Don't get discouraged if you don't see the fruit of your encouragement immediately. It may take time. And the best thing to do is get started. Ask yourself the question right now this morning. Who, who can I encourage today? Who has blessed me uh, recently that I just need to thank them? Who, what verse can I share with them? How might God use me to encourage someone today? Listen, my prayer is, is that God would create a culture of encouragement in our church. And I, I, I'm praying that God will make our church a community that loves each other in specific and tangible ways and encouraging one another. But let's measure ourselves. I'm going to go back last week, and if I'm talking about how I'm loving one another, how am I serving others? Am I thinking of others above myself? Am I forgiving others? Am I speaking well of others? Do I come to church for me, or do I come to church for what I can give to others? Do I, do I regularly look for ways to, to, to stir others up to love and good works? Do I regularly look for ways to encourage people? Do I tell people how I see God working in their lives? Do I regularly share God's promises with others in times of need? And so you look at, you answer those questions. And you say, God, where do I need to grow now? Because if, if, my, if my spiritual growth is measured by my love for one another, Lord, I want to grow in that. Lord, give me today an area. Give me something to do that I can begin to increase my love 
for my brothers and sisters. Because I want to be seen as growing in the Lord.